Buying your first home is so exciting, but let's be honest, it's also overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, first you have to figure out where you want to live. Then you have to figure out if you'll be approved for a loan. Then you've got to think about inspections, closing costs, insurance, and property taxes, all on top of making the offer and hoping they accept it. It's a lot. But lucky for you, our friends at League Real Estate are here to make buying your first home an incredible experience. In fact, LeagueRE.com slash close is your one-stop shop for anything related to buying your first home. We're talking advice on mortgage lending, how to calculate your monthly payment, access to incredible agents, and so much more. So if you feel overwhelmed by everything that goes into buying a home, rest easy knowing the incredible people at League are here to help guide you through it every step of the way. They're here for you and ready to serve. So again, that's LeagueRE.com slash close for the absolute best home buying experience. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined as always by, by my co-host, Brooke Seal. Hey, people. Today was fun. It was, I love him. Yeah, same here. We just had a blast. Because we just got to sit down with our good friend, Mitchell Travis. He has the voice just just smooth. Yeah, it's going to be just a delightful listen for you. It's going to feel like you're getting hugged for like the next hour. Yeah, but it's true. And if you're driving, be warned, it's very soothing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go veering off on us. Don't. Yeah. Oh, it's so calming. Such a good pal. Yeah, and... This interview, I feel like it took a different shape because we just kind of caught up, to be completely honest. It really was, it was just like three friends just hanging out, basically. And we say this in the interview, it was basically y'all having a lunch date. <laughs> and it's like, I walked in to like grab my lunch to go and was like, oh, Mitch and Josh. Let's hang out. Let's all hang out. Yeah. Which I don't regret at all. Yeah, no, I don't either. And so we just talk about a lot of fun things and what's happening in his life. And uh, the, the one thing that I do uh, love about Mitch is he has the best pet peeves. He, oh my gosh, he makes me laugh so hard. And so we just talk about pet peeves and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, it's a fun episode. We're excited for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Mitchell Travis. So this is a very special episode for us because it's not every day that we get Matthew McConaughey to show up <laughs> in the studio. That's true. We've really, we've really taken off. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, although people might start hearing you talk. Or people might hear you start talking and think, is that Matthew McConaughey? I, I really, I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, warning to the listener, you're going to be very soothed for about yes. the next hour. <laughs> so if you're driving, you've been warned. <laughs> so. all right, all right, all right. Yeah, because we have Mitchell Travis. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks um, for having me. So on that note, one of the things about your voice, and I'm excited for people to hear your voice because you do have a very soothing voice for radio. Well, thank you. Yeah. And uh, I've heard you narrate like videos and stuff. Uh -huh. And it literally sounds like the poor man's Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> like narrating. And, and I had this thought, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Obviously, Matthew McConaughey gets asked to be the voice for like everything, right? Lincoln. Lincoln, <laughs> uh, wild turkey, whiskey, yep. uh, or... Long nest nest yeah he he used to be the beef the beef oh it's what's for dinner you know like <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that, right. that's right that Matthew? yeah um, <laughs> I about that. well mitch and i have, have, have always joked too that the key to doing a matthew mcconaughey accent is you start low and high 
Yeah. And like, you know, totally the key. Yeah. Start low and die. Like, you know, everything that he does is like, (laughs) that's so true. It's what's for dinner. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Y'all you remember know? when he first did the Lincoln commercials? SNL did a spoof of it with Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And Jim Carrey goes, What am I going to do with this booger? Am I just going <laughs> to roll it around, <laughs> roll it around or flick it around? <laughs> 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 I can't even do it out loud. He's like, Man, isn't life just kind of one day at a time? <laughs> <laughs> he would just say oh, utter great. nonsense. Yeah, so I was like, That's Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. So funny. So the point of all that is that he, <laughs> yeah. he gets paid a ton of money to narrate all those things. I feel like you could create a whole business based mm-hmm. on saying, look, if you want the Matthew McConaughey voice at a fraction of the price, I can do that for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a, you should. Let's start right now. Can you, Mitch, can you say for me, welcome to nowhere close to famous where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. See, I would listen but to that all day. That's pretty dang close, dude. And <laughs> Did like, I get that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. You nailed it. Just and, felt like getting a big old hug. And that's not you doing an, an impression. Like, that's you talking. Just, yeah. Yeah, totally. But, I don't know. Dude, I, think I, don't know if a, I, would, I don't know if I could sell myself like that, though. I think people would hear me and be like, yeah, good, good try. Close. I mean, if you're like Frost Bank, right? And you have some cash, and it'd be kind of cool to have Matthew. Yeah. But Matthew McConaughey is not going to do a Frost Bank commercial, right? But you could do a Frost Bank commercial. But I could do a Frost Bank commercial, maybe. Yeah. Or like, or or Woodshed. Oh yeah, Woodshed, where we eat on the river. (laughs) 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 I don't know their slogan, but (laughs) I I wish that that was it. Woodshed, where we eat (laughs) on the river. river. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably get sued by that one. That's okay. That's funny. Oh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> Someone's like, genius. Um, anyway, that was just the yeah. thought I had for you. Well, thanks, Josh. Um, here's the other thing. You and I have been trying to get lunch for like <laughs> for like three months. <laughs> really, you should give or and take, now, yeah. now I'm just third wheeling yes. your lunch date. That's right. And so this interview is going to flow a little different because it's really just going to be you and I talking about what we were going to talk about when we got lunch, which is a lot of just catching up. Yeah. Because one... You have a bunch of really interesting stuff happening in your life right now. A lot of stuff happening. One, you're about to have a child. Yes. Which is, congrats. Thank you. That's Thank huge. You. Yeah. I'm a little um, nervous. Do y'all know if it's a boy or girl yet? It's a girl. Oh, dude, you're going to be girl. so oh, just. I'm just going to be a softie. Dude, for real. Mitch has girl dad just written all over him already. <laughs> dude, you were going to be such a phenomenal. <sighs> I told father. I told his I wife so. that. I ran into Mitch and his sweet wife, Taylor, not long after they. Okay, let me back up. Yeah. Several weeks ago, I was in a coffee shop in Fort Worth. <laughs> Shout out to Cherry Coffee on Magnolia. Yeah. And I'm sitting by, um, if you've been in Cherry, you know, they have those big like floor ceiling windows, like yeah. right in the front that face Magnolia. Yeah. And I'm sitting at the bar in front of those windows and I have headphones in and I'm like reading and writing and just do my own thing. And out of my peripheral vision, I see Mitch and I had not seen Mitch in forever. And I, you know me, I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, Mitch, make a scene in Cherry Coffee <laughs> and hug him, I think three separate times. Yeah. Like I would hug him and then take a step back and acknowledge that he was there <laughs> and then go in again and just kept hugging him. And then he looks at me, he goes, we're pregnant. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like the first person we told to. That's I was like, awesome. No I was like, I'm a safe place for so many secrets. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, great. Yeah. And then several weeks later, they announced that they're having a girl. And so then shortly after I run into Mitch and his wife, Taylor, again, freak out for a second time. 
And I told Taylor at the time, I was like, oh my goodness, Mitch already has girl dad just stamped on his forehead. Yeah. And she was like, isn't it the best? And I was like, 100%. <laughs> she said that? Oh, yes. man. That's funny. Dude, that's I'm incredible. I'm such a fan. Yeah. I'm so stoked. We're really excited. I'm so excited. How are you feeling about being being, being a parent? Ooh, that's a good question. I, you know, the more the more I, I start to look like a dad, <laughs> <laughs> the more I embrace it. Um, and so that's been fun. You yeah. Know? Um, it, it gives you an excuse. It gives me, exactly. Totally. It's like, whoa, man, Mitch, you've changed. Yeah, I have gained some like 30 pounds <laughs> since I got married, but I'm going to be a dad. So <laughs> suck it. You know, probably should, you probably edit that one out. Um, you know, but thinking about being a parent, I don't know. It's one of those deals where um, I, I told Taylor before we started trying that I was like, I don't really want to actively try i just like needed to happen yeah mm. because i don't know if i'm like ever fully ready right. i just kind of needed it to like be a surprise and totally and happen and so um it did and t- so the way we kind of found out was taylor called me we've been trying for like i don't know three four months and taylor called me and i was sitting at work <laughs> at my desk surrounded by all my coworkers, and i she calls me i was like hey are you sitting down and i said yeah i was like what's up and she says I think we're pregnant. I said, are you kidding me? I was like, why are you telling me like that? Like, why are you, why are you calling me right in the middle of work? I was like, I expected to find out very differently yeah. that we were pregnant. Um, and I'll just, it, all my expectations are kind of breaking. So I think, yeah. I don't know I, what I'm expecting about being a parent. Was that the question Yeah, yeah. you yeah. asked me? I just, I'm just excited to, um, oh, I was talking to somebody the other day, Carson Snyder. He, he's a guy that I work with a little bit and he was saying that, um, he's like the best, the best time, uh, like when their babies is like four months. Okay. And I said, okay, why? You know? And he's like, that's when they like recognize you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to like walk in the door from like work and for, and her name's going to be Emma. Um, that's awesome. Sweet and Emma. Emma Elizabeth. And, uh, when we walk in and for her to just like look up and like recognize me, I think that's going to like. Dude, seal the deal, you know. For real. For the first three months, I'm just gonna be wiping poop, but you know. <laughs> but so when that, you get that smile, but when the smile, I wipe Dude. poop with a smile. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Um, do you feel like being a dog dad has prepared you for being a real dad? N- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mitch I asked doesn't want to upset <laughs> half our listeners. No, 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 right. right. <laughs> Let me preface this. Let me preface this. I'm so uh, nervous. So y'all, y'all got Bo what like a year ago, year yeah. and a half ago, year and a half ago. Um, when Hells and I got Gus, mm-hmm. our little puppy. Yeah. Um, uh, people will be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, "Oh, it's a great practice for having a kid." Right. And when I hear that, I'm like, "Well." I can see that in some areas where, mm-hmm. you know, you're inconvenienced. You have to figure out, okay, we're going out of town. What do we do with totally. this dog yeah. and stuff like that, right? But I have, like, if I'm, like, on, like, a call for work mm-hmm. and he's, like, or I need to, like, do something with him or we're going to dinner, right? I can just stick him in a cage. Exactly. I can't stick <laughs> exactly. a child. It's not like, oh, so-and-so called, let's get dinner. What should we do with our child? Ah, we'll just stick him in a crate for an hour and a half. You know, (laughs) like that's not you know. And now, and now, Pete is gonna call because we're crate training, whatever. Sure. But 
I feel like it's not a great comparison. And I feel like people that actually have children, mm. like I have a lot of friends that have toddlers. Right. And I can imagine them being like, if anyone's ever like, oh, do you have kids? I'm like, no, but we have a puppy. Like... <laughs> People with actual children are like, screw you, dude. No, like, they're like, you yeah. should have stopped yeah. it. No. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. That was the full scene. Yeah. Yeah. There's no but, you know, like it's not yeah. like, no, but it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's no. And you don't also have a hot take. But uh, when I was a kid, I'm the oldest of three human children that my parents had. Did you get put in a cage? No, no. no. That would explain a lot. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. My pet dog grew up in the yard. So, yeah. but then when my brother and sister came home. They did not grow up in the yard. That's true. They grew up in the home, That's in true. a bedroom, yeah. with food, mm -hmm. and with constant attention. Yeah. My dog did not. Yeah. So, not to offend half of our listenership, yeah. we might go down. What if this is our first scandal? <laughs> <laughs> You're at nowhere close. We love animals. <laughs> We've been very non-controversial in really this episode. Have. We've been playing it so safe, and now we got Mitch in here. And we might as well just open up the gate and talk about everything else. Then. <laughs> oh, here. Oh. As long as you say it in your uh, in your accent, it'll we can get away with it. Yeah, yeah. honestly. So, hey, a, d a dog's not your kid, but you can love it. <laughs> that was is that, is that your yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Uh, was it bad? Uh, I mean, yeah. hey, I'll, I'll give it great. A, I'll give it like a four. Yeah. Out of how? Out of what's the scale? Like a twelve. Okay. <laughs> not even. 10. Which is not even cool, a cool, cool. natural scale. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, another thing that I'm gonna ask you about. Uh, well, so for background, you and I know each other because we worked at the church. That's right. Together for a long time. Mm -hmm. Do you miss playing playing music? I miss it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you were a worship pastor for a long time. Right. So for context. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I started thinking about it and I had, I've been leading worship since I was in high school. So, mm. I mean, and same with you. I mean, you'd, you'd been doing it for a long time yeah. and, um, it was just weird to take a break much needed, like break from playing music. Yeah. But I, I miss it a ton now. Yeah. Um, so like I'd been doing it since I was in high school. So back since, uh, I guess eighth grade, ninth grade. What year was that? I don't even know. <laughs> I graduated in 2011. Um, so like 2009, 2008, 2009. Okay. No, no, that's not right. 2007. Yeah. I've been like up on stage leading worship almost every single Sunday with a few breaks here and there in between, some in college, some not. And then um, to like just stop playing music mm. altogether and stop leading worship too which is a whole other aspect of totally. leading because you're like you're part of like singing with a congregation yeah so it, you're part of like leading a congregation in worship which is a different way or a different style a different type of music you know yeah um and so for to just like to just cut cold turkey it was really weird yeah it was really weird for a while um but it Honestly, it's been it's been really healthy for me. I think, cool, because it allowed me to take a step back mm. from being in it so much, and it's it allowed me to, to stop being so critical. When I would go to just a random church and um, like on a weekend that I was off or something, yeah. During the worship time, I would sit there and yes, pick every dude. little thing apart, which I think all of us in our profession do, or whatever profession you're in. Yeah, I think. 
whether that be like in the construction industry or the marketing and advertising or <laughs> whatever it is, you you look at things and you're like, wow, that's not a good user experience. Or totally, it's like, you know, oh, that that copy is awful. Or, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, which is what my wife Taylor says all the time. Yeah. Well, like see a billboard or she'll get on a website of like some company and she's like trying to click through. She's like, wow, bad user experience. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Or, <laughs> you know. And so we all do it, but right. for me, it was a mix of my job and my spiritual walk with the Lord. Yeah. So like my time, my worship, uh, was affected by like how I would pick things apart mm. on Sunday mornings. Um, which I didn't realize how much that was affecting me. Yeah. But after taking that time off, it's allowed me to just like reevaluate, okay, where am I really at Yeah. with my walk with the Lord? And, and, and that's been really healthy and hard, uh, honestly. Um, just because I think working at a church, you, or for me, I felt like I, after the fact, I felt like I was a lot closer or I was a lot further from the Lord than mm. I was when I was working in the church. Yeah. And I don't know why I've been figuring that out for about, for I guess the last year. Yeah, dude. Um, which has been really hard, but it's been very humbling. Mm. Dude, I get that. Big time. Because, um, yeah, it's just taking a look at yourself and realizing like, am I doing this for a congregation? So that I can lead on a Sunday, or am I doing it for to know Him more? Not yeah. for not, not not even necessarily. Am I doing this for me? Am I doing it to know Him to know Him? More? Right. So anyway, not to get mm-hmm. super deep and spiritual, nah. but that's just kind of where I'm at. You know, nah, dude, but, I get that. I so I, I feel like we live parallel lives mm-hmm. in some ways, like because I I always had the same thing with like preaching where. Um, so Cody McQueen uh, is a good mentor of mine, and he's the guy that kind of like taught taught me how to preach and when he first started to teach me he's like this is kind of like the matrix he's like once you take this pill there's no going back he's like you know once you learn the art you can never listen to a sermon the same way again and he was so so right because you listen and and you're like you you know how to build it and you know the tricks of the trade Mm -hmm. and you know communication theory and all that stuff so when you see a good sermon you're like oh man that was like masterful totally but then if you see a bad one or like a lazy one, like it's all you can think about. It's like, right. Oh, that was a lazy illustration or, you know, <laughs> like that didn't, that didn't even connect or you know. I wouldn't have done that way. Right. Or, yeah. Exactly. Um, but it also affected the way that I would like read scripture because all of a yes. sudden it's like, oh my gosh, how would I teach this? And yep. so even just the ability to read from a devotional mm-hmm. standpoint. And I feel like when I kind of uh, wasn't on staff anymore, all of a sudden I began to realize like, oh, I, I, I read the Bible a lot for my mm-hmm. job. And now that it's not my job to read the Bible anymore, it's like, oh, where does this fit in? And yeah. like, it really does kind of take a toll. And it's kind of this jarring thing for it those that the are in, in ministry and they kind of move out of it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, like everything changed. Yep. And it kind of does take, take a toll on your own faith a little bit. Yeah. Well, I was listening to this sermon by um, Drew Erickson, who's the pastor at Travis Avenue. Mm. Um, he was my youth pastor growing up and he just became the pastor over there. And I was listening to a sermon by him the other day and he started off the sermon and he said something like, uh, not, not the exact words he said, but he was like, as I've matured in my faith, I realized that it's not me like trying to cling to like Christ, mm. but it's actually the reverse. And, it, and he was like, maturing in my faith has looked like how, how much Christ like comes for us, you know, Mm. and like clings to us and and wants to be with us. And he's like, that, that's really where I'm at. 
in my and he just like went into a sermon but he said something along those lines i yeah. pretty, probably butchered that but <laughs> um it was just really jarring because i was like god wants a relationship with us yeah and whenever i got off staff i felt like i had to like <laughs> write down a routine of like okay here's where i'm here's where i'm gonna like sit down and and do like my devotional totally. and I, I and like it's not about that like yeah it's when you in, in compare and when you look at it from like a, even take a step back you're like jesus like god runs after us and he yeah. wants a relationship with us it's not always about us like grinding and yeah. doing it you know totally you can rest in the fact that he he loves us enough to want that anyway yeah mm. dude that's cool You know what's expensive? Cologne. But you know what's even more expensive? Not smelling your best. But don't worry, because Guy Fox is the solution. The team at Guy Fox pride themselves on quality, affordability, and convenience so dudes can smell great without the hassle. The best way to do it is, is to go to guyfox.com and pick yourself up a starter kit. It comes with six uh, kind of signature scents that you can test out. And then once you find your unique scent, they'll send you a full bottle of that scent at no extra cost. It's incredible. And the best part is that if you go to GuyFox, G-U-Y-F-O-X.com and use code NOWHEREClose, you get 15% off your starter kit. So again, that is GuyFox.com and use code NOWHEREClose to get 15% off a starter kit. Going back to the music thing, yeah. really, really quick. I'm missing playing music. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start a band? Oh, I would love to start a band. <laughs> I have this, I have this dream that I've been meaning to talk to you about for okay, a while, okay. and I was gonna wait until we got here. Um, I want to start a country band. Oh, dude, sign me up. And I already talked to Kaylee Wester about it, and she's in. Is she? Yeah. Yes. I uh, I was getting dinner with her and Preston uh, a little while ago, and I mentioned that I really want to like, I'm just playing music. Yeah. And I was like, I want to start like a country band. She was like, I'm in. And I was like, <laughs> okay, great. And well, let me, let me clarify what kind of country band. So not like a band. So like, I realized like you're about to have a child, you know, and you have like a job and I have a job. Right. right? right, right. And a dog. You have a dog. Yeah. I have a dog. who's yeah. like a child. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> put it in the cage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah full circle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, not like a band that tries to make it. Because like, like we're at the age now where it's like, I'm not trying to make it. No. I want to create a band that plays like original music. I'm not into like cover bands. Okay. Right? But a band that is good enough that it gives people a reason to go out on a Friday night every so often. Mm. It's like, oh my gosh, that band's playing. They don't play all the time. But when they do, it's a good time. And that's a valuable use of our Friday night. Totally. And you play like, like Woodshed. Yeah, totally. Like Woodshed. Where we eat on the river. Exactly. Exactly. Once a quarter. <laughs> and, uh, but like kind of like maybe like a Lady A kind of uh -huh. trio uh -huh. yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of deal. I love that. I uh, As soon as I was talking to Kaylee about it, she was like, I mean, I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to do like a little like two dudes and a girl kind of vocal. Yeah. Thing. I'd go to Woodshed and listen to y'all. Yeah, would you? One hundred percent. That'd be so fun. I would. I would totally be down. Okay. Because I've I've heard Kaylee. Shout out. Yeah. She's great. She's great. Very gifted. Great vocalist. Yeah. 
clearly have heard Mitch multiple times. Josh, I've never actually heard you. That that was before you and I were friends. That was a past life for you. That's true. But I, I trust mm. you. And I've seen some of your album cover art. And, <laughs> and that's enough for me. If you haven't seen Josh Story's cover art. My my album cover art is actually more, is. more reason to not believe in me. <laughs> no. Oh. No. That's great. Um, oh, so, that's funny. Yeah, I... Uh, I was talking to a dude at work actually the other day. He and I live very parallel lives. We were both college pastors for a season. Oh, cool. Uh, both married girls that used to be in our ministries. And I was like, dude, we're the same person. Um, but instead of being a singer songwriter in a previous life, he was a screenwriter. Oh. And he like wrote some like movies that, that became like TV movies, like movie of the weeks for NBC and stuff like that. Oh, cool. But um, he was he was asking me. He's like, you know, that part of you doesn't ever go away. Like the mm. the writer in you doesn't ever leave. So how, like, what's your what's your outlet? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't I don't really have one. He's like, well, do you still write? I was like, yeah, all the time. And he was like, well, you should like go play like local bars or something. Yeah, just for fun. I was like, you're right. I should. Yeah, yeah. you got so, nothing to lose. Yeah, totally. So if you want to start a band. Dude, I would totally be down. I think it'd be fun. Give me like a year after the baby's born. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. then and then I'm in. <laughs> totally. Um, mark your calendars, listen. <laughs> yeah. In about a year and a half. From 2023. Now. 2023. <laughs> it's coming down the it's pipeline. It's gonna be big. It's gonna we'll be big. back with a band. Okay, uh, here's a question I have. Because yep. y'all are both like creative people, you're musicians, you've performed. I have not. So help me understand. Do you think the energy and the drive to do it would be different without the desire to quote unquote make it? That's a good question. That's um, a great question. So, so I think there's, let me tell you my three phases of musical growth, at least for me. I've been waiting for this our entire friendship. I don't even like, right, I know Josh has three phases of musical totally. growth. I'm waiting for him. And I knew, I was like, if I'm patient and I dig at just the right time, he'll reveal it to He's me. He's referenced them before. <laughs> Here's our chance. I was like, I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to invite Mitch to come on the podcast. He nailed it. He nailed yeah. it. Um, so when I first started off playing music, I was thinking like, I want to like, I want to make it like, I want people to sing my songs like I I vividly remember that this is a weird reference but I was at an Eli Young band concert yep. in College Station okay mm. and they were singing um it was it was off their first album uh I can't remember the name of the song but the chorus says something like what did I do wrong nothing I treated you like an angel whatever that song is someone can like correct what me. song is that I cannot remember. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I uh, I never got on the Eli Young band it's, train. It's fine, but I remember they're playing a show at Hurricane Harris in College Station, and it's this kind of big epic bridge. And it's like, what did I do wrong? And uh, and I remember everyone like yelling, "Nothing! I treated you <laughs> like an angel!" And like it was so, and and like, but everyone was just belting it. And I remember thinking, I want That's that. Right, yeah, I want that. That's I want to cool. have a song where like college kids are at a bar at midnight on a Saturday and they're just yelling my lyrics at me. That would be dope. Yeah. Right. Totally. And that was like all I wanted. And I mean, it's not all I wanted, but it was one of the big things I don't want it. Um, and then when I started leading worship, I, after a bunch of disappointments and God saying, you're going to go over here. Um, I remember I had this moment where I was leading a song and I backed away from the mic and everyone started singing. 
mm. and it was this really cool realization i yeah. was like oh i got the moment but instead of them singing like my praises they're singing someone who's actually worthy of that praise and it was so much more meaningful and powerful because it wasn't like oh they're singing my words mm -hmm. that's like oh no like i get to to listen to these people sing this song that I didn't write and they're not singing it to me or about me, but I, I just get to be a part of this. And it was so much more meaningful. And I was like, that, that was cool. And now the third phase mm -hmm. is like just the creativity piece where yeah. it's, it's just fun to think God's made me a writer. God's allowed me to be creative. And I, I think in writing and I express myself through writing and you know what? Mm -hmm. It's just fun to create for the sake of being creative. And I think it, it took a long time to realize that like you can just create for the joy of being creative mm. and you can start a band with three of your friends and if 60 people come out and it's just a good time on a Friday and you're like, that was fun. And like, that's it. That's awesome. You yeah. know, cause you're going to play and have fun totally regardless. And what's, what's latest is like back in the day when I was singing also, also this isn't about me. This is about it is you. About you. It is about you. <laughs> no, no. But uh, I, I remember I told my, um, I had a tour manager and I told him, I was like, I don't play like cover band gigs. Uh, so like, you know, like bars will hire you to play like 10 PM to 2 AM. And I was like, I don't do that. Right. Cause like, I don't play covers for three hours. I'm an artist. I'm a songwriter. <laughs> right. I have my set. I'll like, I'll play my hour long set of my original stuff and then I'm going home. Like I'm not going to be playing to an empty bar at two o'clock in the morning. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, this one, one time he didn't listen because I really wanted to play this venue and he's like, dude, I got you a gig at the venue. I'm like, heck yeah. He's like, but you have to play till two in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> son of a, like, no, like that's not, that's not what I wanted. And so I, I remember I like broke, broke my set up into three different sets and I used like the first set as like the actual like show or like I invited people to, and then I took a break that everyone left and I just keep on playing. And I remember at like one thirty-two in the morning, I looked at my watch and it was me in a room and there were two, two guys at the bar, the corner bar in college station. <laughs> and I was singing Margaritaville to two drunk guys in a bar and I was like, this is awful. I don't want to like, this is not fun, right? Mm. I'm an artist, I'm trying to make it, you know? Um, but then now I think about that and it's like, there's there's a part of me now that's like, it'd be kind of fun to sing Margaritaville to two drunk guys at <laughs> one thirty in the morning, maybe not one thirty in the morning, but like, it's just the fun of getting to play. You know what yeah. I mean? As not a creative person, that sounds super fun to me. I was like, I'm talented <laughs> enough to like play guitar and sing at the same time yeah. and people would want to listen to yeah. it. I would I would sing whatever cover you wanted. I would take requests from the crowd. I would do it for free, but I alas yeah. were created differently. Yeah. But to take it to Mitch, I think a question that that brings to my brain is what do you miss about worship leading? Because as a musician, did you ever do songs in a way that wasn't worship leading? And like what was the difference for you? Um so for me and I I've told everybody this kind of from the get go is like I, I'm, I'm not the best like musician. I'm not the best vocalist. Um, like I've, I feel like I'm very average at all those and I, and I'm very at peace with that. And I'm not like fishing for a compliment that that's just like, you've said the, that in every meeting I've ever sat next to you in. Those are facts, right? Like, like well, those. no, those are facts in your mind, but those aren't facts in real life. Well, that checks out. I appreciate, I appreciate that. But I, I, it's one of those deals where 
like I, if I really felt like I could try to make it or something like that, um, I think I might go for more, but I, I more had a heart in worship leading for the development aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. I love to, like there were people that I, that were around me, like college students that were around me that were absolutely killer. Kelly Wester is one of them. Marcus McGarity is another one. You know, um, it's like there's people around me that are absolutely awesome and I want to like push them. You know, it was mm-hmm. one of those deals where that's where my desire of leading worship was. Mm-hmm. Um, was more for like use the gifts that other people have yeah. and the ones that I've been given. Like it, the Lord has gifted me with those abilities and, and uh, I realized that, but I looked forward to like collaborating with other people that were just awesome Mm -hmm. and that I could just stand next to and just like (laughs) be associated with them. You know what I mean? That was the, that was the joyful part of me. And it's like, Mm. and I almost took pride in it in a certain way because people are like, Oh, Oh, do you know this person? I'm like, Oh yeah. I was like, I led, led, I led with them. Like, I taught them how to sing. No, I didn't teach <laughs> yeah. how to sing. Um, you know, just like little things like that where I, I just, I love seeing people who are really, really good, mm. who I think probably could make it, like, yeah. rise to that occasion. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and something about you is, like, you are legitimately the best developer of young artists that mm. I know. Like, and that's mm. not blowing smoke at all. Yeah. Um, there's a There's a bunch of people that you have developed that have gone on to do really amazing things. Yeah. One being Sloan Trubel. Yeah. He's crazy. His Daylo is freaking blowing up. It's crazy. It's so fun to watch. Dude, too. it's a blast to watch. I, I was walking through target the other night. Okay. I was walking through target looking at paper towels <laughs> and <laughs> as you do, as you do on a Friday night, right? Are you a is, bounty guy or brownie guy? I'm bounty. Okay. Same. Oh, bounty. Same. Uh, unity. Absolutely. This also, is why we're here. Wow. Yeah. Target on a Friday. You are a parent. I am a parent. <laughs> Target on a Friday. It was bed by 930. <laughs> Not really. 10. Uh, and his song came on and I was like, dude, this is stupid. Like, this is crazy. Totally. You know? And then I was, and then the day after I was like at in University Park Village, like by the Apple store and some guy was just jamming to his song in his no car. Way. Just like st- I wasn't even singing along. He was like looking at his phone and it was blaring inside of his car. Yeah. Sloan song. And I was like, this is crazy. Dude. Man. Yeah. I hear stuff everywhere. Yeah. It's just so fun to it's, see yeah. stuff like that. So one of many young musicians that you've helped mentor. And so, and in the, the second he like showed me a song that he wrote, I was like, dude, oh, dude. you need to find someone else other than me <laughs> to like uh. walk with because you're just, light years beyond what I could help you with. Dude, I remember him showing us songs when he was like 15 years old. Totally. And I remember thinking, I wish as a 30 year old, I could write songs like that. 100%. I mean, like there are people that you meet and you think you have the X factor, whatever the X factor is, you have it. Totally. Like you just knew the minute that you met him, that he was going to do something special. And lo and behold, yes. Well, he's like, yeah, I recorded this song in my room. And I was like, oh, sweet. He's like, yeah, check out my setup. And it was like a bunch of sheets hung down from the ceiling. I was like, this is going to be awful. <laughs> and then he showed it to me, and I was blown away. Right. It's so. like, oh, yeah, like a freshman of high school with his MacBook, <laughs> with his janky home, uh, you know, stu- studio setup. You know, the toy piano. Right, you know? totally. And then you hear it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, 
feel like an idiot for thinking that that was going to be bad. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry for ever doubting you, Sloan. Yeah, Sloan, if you listen to this, we're really proud of you. <laughs> we really are. And I wish I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never got the invite to join the band. Did you get the No, I didn't. And yeah. I think that there is something wrong with that, Josh. <laughs> so, Sloan, if you listen to this, I expect a phone call. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. A uh, couple more things that I feel like people should know okay. about you. Yeah. One, you have the best pet peeves in the history oh, of. <laughs> I, I knew this was. Gonna come. He does. He I does. Knew. That's so true. Can you, can you tell the listeners at home a few <laughs> of your pet peeves? I've, I've added more. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. dude, I, I cannot wait. And if you don't say my favorite one, which I know you totally will, I'm gonna bring it up. So. Which wait. You. Okay, go I ahead. think I probably yeah, know. Go ahead. The one that happens the most, I think, is when people add S's to stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, I'm going to go to Kroger's. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go to Kroger. <laughs> because there's nothing that exists as a Kroger. Kroger Kroger's does not exist. Right. And, and you're not going to multiple Kroger's to yeah, get your groceries. If you were, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm going to go to a few Kroger's. <laughs> okay, that I get it. But sure. I'm not going to go to Kroger's to... To get this one thing. To get your bounty paper towels. You're an idiot <laughs> if you say things like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, hot take. Um, so, and, and that happens with all things, right? Sure. Walmarts. It's mostly stores. That's what bothers <laughs> totally, me. Totally, yeah. It's mostly stores. <laughs> you know. Taco Bells, nobody says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Walmarts, Kroger's. Kroger's is the biggest one because we went to TCU and it was right there. And yeah. Everybody's like, I'm going to Kroger's. No, you're not. No, you're not. Leave my life. <laughs> um, Leave my life. <laughs> that was aggressive. Um, the other one is, this is probably the one you're referring to. Uh-huh. Is when at Mexican food restaurants. Exactly. Or it's mostly just Mexican yeah. food. <laughs> Italian, maybe. Italian, maybe. Um, like, the, like croissant. Yeah. Oh yeah. French or French. Yeah. yeah. It's like, th- sorry, I'll explain. Um, <laughs> so like where, where I noticed it bothered me the most was we were at Chewy's. Okay. And this person was sitting next to us and ordering, I mean, spoke really good English. I mean, just like he, he was, a, he was a white guy. Yeah. And yeah, he's like telling him his order and he's like, yeah, can we get, um, I'll do like a, the taco plate with, you know, um, with like beans and rice and a quesadilla. And I, <laughs> all of a sudden he just switched into like this Mexican accent or Hispanic <laughs> accent. And I was like, I, I, I looked at him and I, and my eyes got like really wide and I was like, why does that bother me so much? Yeah. And ever since then, that was like, what, five, it was probably like four or five years ago. And I... I tell you, every Mexican <laughs> restaurant I sit down in, I have to like plug my ears because I just, it bothers me so much. It's really weird. You but look agitated mean. right now. I am agitated. You did this to me, bro. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I was going to set you up for it. I'm so glad y'all asked that question. Because <laughs> I, uh, I feel like Italian restaurants could be the same. Like if someone's like, yeah, I'll have a bowl of the uh, fettuccine. Like, the fettuccine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just talk normal. It's like, just say fettuccine, bro. Just say fettuccine. You're from Texas. And just say it. Unreal. <laughs> don't, don't, Unreal. Don't, don't pretend like you're cultured. Unreal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're four words. Uh, croissant. <laughs> oh, can I get a croissant? <laughs> or mozzarella. Or what is that? I say mozzarella. I can't remember. It's like mozzarella. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it because then it'll be on mic forever and yeah. I feel like I'll get made fun of. Let's hear it, bro. No, I don't want to. Come on. <laughs> 
I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Another thing that I would love for you to share about is uh, you have more concussions than anyone I've ever <laughs> met in my life. Um, can you tell one the story about when you lied about how many concussions you had? And then two, the story about when you were playing soccer in high school. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna see that? So so one, you you spent like an entire semester practicing kicking, hoping to kick at TCU. Yeah. And then you so you go to DBU initially mm-hmm. and then you transfer to TCU. Right. And you're trying out to kick for the team and tell people about the physical. Yeah, so um this is good memory, by the way. Also, you were you were crushing it. You were like kicking like fifty yarders, right? I was. I, I could kick up to like. I never got a sixty yard field goal. I was dead on from forty five. That's crazy. Forty five in, I was dead on. Um, I haven't thought about this in a long time. Um, but yeah, so I practiced all semester at DBU when I was there, and um, was going to try to walk on the, the football team at TCU and. Um, met with the coaches, tried out, made it. Um, which that's crazy. Can we just say that like to walk on as a kicker is pretty wild. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those worst real things. And I, and I was like, is this, is this really going to happen? So I was set up to like get my pads and get everything and to get ready to like go to spring football. Cause I came to TCU, uh, second semester okay. of my freshman year. Um, and so, they're like, yeah, just, we need to get a physical in and stuff like that. So I've had, I've had like, I think I've had like seven real concussions. My mom thinks I've had 11. I don't think <laughs> I've had that many. <laughs> I really don't think I've had that many. That's um, a big leap when you're talking about like brain injuries. Right. Seven to 11. That's yeah. <laughs> big time. And honestly, I, I, I realized it in high school and I'll get to that in a minute, but I realized in high school, it was like really affecting, honestly, my learning, you know, <laughs> which is not a shock to most people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got to my physical and they were saying, uh, you know, they were like going through these list of questions to just like clear you, you know? Yeah. And they were like, have you, have you ever had any concussions? And I said, yes. And I said, okay, how, how many? And I said three. And they were like, oh yeah. I, I don't remember what they said, yeah. but they were like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. And I like kind of argued, with them. I was like, well, only like one was serious. <laughs> and, um, anyways, I just, thought you said contusion. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and so it's, it, so then they turned me down, which honestly, in hindsight, I'm really glad about because yeah. Jaden Oberchrome was just freaking phenomenal. Yeah. He was so good. I would have never played. Yeah. Like I would just set the bench and that would have been known for the walk on kickers at the bench. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, because it, like like I said, he was just awesome. Yeah, you know, so fun to watch him. And I would have, I would have never had the college experience I did if I would have. Yeah, like walked on and been on the football team. Um, I still think it's hilarious though that like you lied about how many, and even the one that even you lied lie about was, was too much. Yeah, like, dang it, <laughs> <laughs> it's so close. Should have done two. You're like, like, what's two. a what's a concussion? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a crazy experience, but. In high school, my senior year, I played soccer. That was kind of my big sport I played all just kind of growing up. And um, I played select for a while. And then when I got to high school, I stopped or got, got to middle school, I kind of stopped playing. 
uh, select and, and then played high school soccer. Um, and so my senior year, because I've had, I had had a few concussions, um, my coach and my parents made me wear a headgear, <laughs> which was not what, that's like what, awesome. Yeah. Which is not like what a lot of people think. Yeah. It was just like this, it looked like a sweatband basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but they called it something 90. Yeah. It was, a uh, what is that? Um, cause, because I was talking about this before I left the house Yeah, and, and I said, yeah, like Mitchell wore this like helmet during soccer and she was like, what? She was like, it's probably a whatever 90 or whatever. It, so, it was something 90. I can't remember either. Yeah. Oh, well. total 90. I don't know. Okay. But so she was right. Yeah. It was like this headband that had like some padding around it. Yeah. And it was like, it was super subtle, but, yeah. um, we were playing this team. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't even know the guy's name. That's the worst part. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were playing this team and it was my senior year and this guy like, um, turned around to me and was like, well, for this part, I don't know if we should say this. No, so. just say the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's not you saying it. He said it. Yeah. Yeah, this, that's true. Yes, true. It's offensive. It's offensive. It is yeah. it's super, very offensive. I would never say this. He, he turned around to me in the middle of the game. We're losing like 2-0 to zero at this point. We're in the first half. I remember it so vividly. He turns around to me, and I'm like mad because we're playing, playing really bad. And he turns around to me and goes, what's that stupid thing on your head? You look retarded. Mm. Which, again, offensive. Offensive. And without like missing a beat, because I was mad, like we were playing so bad without missing a beat. I turned around and I said, um, <laughs> oh, no. I said, I have a brain tumor. I have six months. To live. I said, thanks a lot. And I turned around and ran away. <laughs> and I, and a couple of my other teammates heard me and they were like, <laughs> oh, like no. mouths wide open. And the guy just stood there and was like, had his like hands on his head and was like an <laughs> unbelief. He felt awful and we end up winning like three two and at the end of the game i went up to him i was like dude i'm just kidding i was like i'm fine it's just a concussion thing. <laughs> and i just i felt like a real tool bag it was <laughs> oh it was gosh. awesome it was great yeah oh, so i don't know guy. your name but if you remember that i'm sorry yeah. yeah that's awesome um i feel like we've been all, all over the place in this interview, yes we have which we really have which I've enjoyed it, but i do want to get a bit of your story before we talk about like the fun random stuff yeah or more fun random stuff, I guess. Totally. What do you feel like are some of the most formidable or like shaping moments in your life? That's a great question. Um, I think, honestly, I attribute a lot of my, like where, where I get my faith from my parents. Yeah. Um, I look up to my mom, I look up to my mom and dad a ton. They're mm. both really strong believers. And um, just, I grew up in a really loving household. I feel like I was always set up well for success. They always pushed me and wanted me to be, um, in or be involved in whatever I was like excited about, and whether that be sports or like I did a couple of musicals in high school that were just a blast, and I never thought I was going to do something like that, but yeah. it was just so fun. And um, they always encouraged and and loved me to do kind of whatever it was that they wanted me to do, and so. Um, that was, I think, just my my parents' role in my life, and I mean, all the way through college, even into, even now, like their support and us living in a house, and yeah. I mean, just all the way through, they're they're they've always just kind of been there. They've been constant, and um, and so it's just been a great example to me and how I want to be with my kids. So I think my parents' involvement in my life and has been one of, one of the more um, 
you say formable yeah totally yeah things that in, in my life and just their their consistency when it comes to like um yeah just kind of being there yeah yeah is honestly the biggest biggest thing i can say well i feel like that's one of those things that's really easy to look over you know totally. especially if you come from a family that was really solid yeah. and like mm. not everyone comes from a family that was really involved mm-hmm. and cared about those 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 things that remember i had um, a buddy in high school named casey and uh one one night we're all hanging out and like casey's dad was very much like a you do whatever you want to do you don't have a curfew i don't care just don't get thrown in jail or something i right, mean that right. was like mm-hmm. the the extent of it and we all in high school were like dude that's awesome like you don't have a curfew like you don't have like any rules like dude that's freaking dope right Right. yeah um and i remember there was a night where a bunch of dudes are all hanging out i think it's close to like 9 45 or 10 or whatever it was and all of us were like all right boys i gotta head home i got curfew and i remember i mean like all of us had to leave except for casey and i remember casey kind of like looking down and Mm -hmm. saying man i really wish i had a curfew Mm -hmm. and that really stuck out to me because i was like wait what like dude yeah. like curfews are lame like you gotta like <laughs> go home like you don't have a curfew but it was this kind of weird realization that there's something about someone who cares enough about you yep. to yeah. come home mm-hmm. um or to put like a boundary around yeah. you that i think like within your soul you really do crave like i just want someone to care enough about yeah. me to make a rule totally or to put a boundary up to make sure that i don't kill myself you know yeah. or do something stupid and um and that was really like big for me to realize and i feel like it's really easy to be like oh yeah like my parents were great but like not everyone's parents are great and no. that's a huge huge blessing mm. yeah and they did little things that i just didn't realize like growing up like the like how they taught me responsibility and, yeah. and stuff like that like are we <laughs> people will probably laugh at this but like we were in ffa yeah and mm. like my sister showed lambs and I showed goats and <laughs> it was one of those deals yeah. Like we lived on a couple acre, acres and we had like a pole barn and we did it just for, I don't even know. I, I can't even remember like why I wanted to do that, Yeah, but it was, it just seemed fun. But in that whole deal, my parents taught me what responsibility was yeah, totally. that I had to care for an animal. I had to go feed it every single day and I had to walk it and not, and then all my hard work would pay off. Uh, when we got to the stock show. And so like, that was one of those crazy deals that in hindsight, it's like, and I did an absolutely terrible job at it. And my, (laughs) my parents always had to feed, feed my animals and stuff like that. And I was in like seventh grade. So I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, but it just, it taught me a ton of, of like how to look at, like if I'm being given something and I want, and I want a result, yeah, like I have to work hard at it. And anyways, just like little things like that of what they taught me at, and, it just, I, I, I think they had a really huge part of like forming. I mean, they did have the huge part yeah. in forming kind of who I am today. And I'm really grateful for that. And like you said, I don't think you realize it in the moment. Oh, totally. At all. Yeah. Um, but now, now that I'm, we're pregnant and yeah. I'm going to have a, a, a little girl in January, it's like, you start to think about all those things. Yeah. Like all those, all those things are so real, especially like when you see them in movies, like, oh, I didn't realize how much of a father you were until yeah. you know i'm a father and it's like it sounds really cliche but that's kind of where i'm at yeah you know totally. it's really weird um but really cool at the same time yeah so yeah. that is cool yeah that's huge
You know, most of us are nowhere close to famous, but it sure feels good when the people that love us most make us feel like a big deal. And a great way to do that is with a gift from Our Spare Change. Our Spare Change creates custom handcrafted jewelry that's created to specifically tell stories. You could get a special date or a meaningful phrase engraved on their stylish cuffs or even personalize it with a name. And now that it's wedding season, I can't help but think what a perfect gift that would make for a bridal party or a groom or a bride. I think Our Spare Change would be the perfect addition to the wedding season. But they've also got cute earrings and rings. And for the guys in your life, they have tie bars, cuffs, bookmarks, and keychains. We love the Southern California-based company and their passion for telling stories. So let Our Spare Change help you and the people in your life share your story by using promo code NOWHEREClose to get 20% off your purchase at OurSpareChange.com. Can we ask you some fun random questions before we let you go? Please. Did I elaborate enough on that? Yeah, dude, that, that was awesome. Okay. That's yeah. perfect. I love that. I don't know if I'm giving too short of answers or not. Nah, dude, you're great. They're the perfect amount. Okay. Mitch, what are some of your oddly specific love languages? Ooh, I love words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I just, I need that. Yeah. And Taylor knows this. <laughs> <laughs> we are very different. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think that I, I think for a long time I lived on words of affirmation sure. and I like, um, relied on them gotcha. to push me through. Yeah. So mm. I really just wanted to be noticed and have attention on me, Sure. which was, it's just kind of gross to say, but that's like, well, when I got married to Taylor, I was like, wow, I don't, she does not give words <laughs> of affirmation very much. She, she, but she, she does. And it's when I, when I hear it from her, I like tear up because it's yeah it's uh because i know that she is she is noticing and she does notice me and taylor is wonderful yeah um but it's like my love language is words of affirmation hers is quality time i'm awful at giving quality time mm. i'm like how about 10 minutes that sounds <laughs> great you know uh and or it's like yeah you can come with me and uh, i'm not gonna talk to you at all but you can be with me you know <laughs> yeah and i i think that's okay and that's uh, where I fall short a little bit. But that, that's a really oddly specific. Was that what you're asking? Or are you uh-huh. wanting more examples? Yeah. Like for, to get oddly specific, it's like, like if yours are words are because I'm a words of affirmation person too. Uh-huh. So for me, my oddly specific version of that is I love if someone calls me and I don't answer, if they leave me a voicemail, mm-hmm. I will listen to it. And I've gotten where my dad gets my dad, my sweet dad calls me all the time. And he gets frustrated sometimes because he's like, Brooke Seal, he'll text me and he'll be like, Brooke Seal, your voicemail box is full. Mm. And so I will save my voicemails to my voice memos on my phone oh, so yeah. I can keep my voicemail box clean yeah. so that people can leave me voicemails. Uh-huh. Like literally, I was driving here to record this and I would missed a call from one of my besties. So I call her back and I left her like a minute and a half long voicemail. So for me, as a words person, voicemails or a handwritten note, I joke all the time. Mm. You could like kick my dog and if you write me a note that just says like sorry i'm like oh my god it's forgiven because you wrote it down yeah yeah. you just like put words on paper and that's i think for some people they show it and receive it differently Mm. but as a words person if you put it in writing or if you leave me a voicemail i'm like i would die for you i'll love you forever totally and so like that's an example of like to get oddly specific Mm -hmm. yeah i love letters i love like Short, or like a, a quick note or something like that. Or if it's something that I'm not expecting, like mm, I love getting yeah. like a, a note, like on my windshield or, you know, just random little things like that. Those are the things that just, I, I like think about it and I keep 
all of that kind of stuff. Like I have a box full and Taylor will tell you like she's ready to purge all of it. <laughs> but I'm like, you touch it and that's it. You know, that's it's it. like, so that, that's one of those deals where I just, I, I'm very sentimental and Same. like I have letters from one of my, that my mom wrote me when I was like seven, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like little things like that where I look back on that and I just, it just, yeah, I just feel very loved by it. So yeah, yeah. That's, my mom's really good about that. So uh-huh. a good chunk of my box, cause I have one too. That's right. It's just like letters from my mom and mm. not, and some of them are super long and some are just like, a, like she'll send me something in the mail. Yeah. She's like thinking of you, like love you so much, proud, proud of who you are. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, that's what Hallmark needs to do. Yeah. Like, just yeah. put that on a card. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. So I get it. That's probably but, my, my oddly specific. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Uh, what's your favorite story to tell? <laughs> oh man. Um, my favorite story to tell. Like a, someone's like, if there's a lull, or like a party or something, and you just need to tell the story just to get the people going. Yeah. What's your go go to story? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I'm not a great storyteller. Dude, that's so false. No, yeah, I just don't think I am. That. Okay, here's something that I'll tell on Mitch a little, and maybe this will give him time to think of one. We all used to work together, uh-huh. and low key, one of my hobbies in that time was I would love when we would go into a group meeting, I'd be like, "Oh, I hope the seat next to Mitch is empty." <laughs> I would go sit next to Mitch, yeah. and all of his like underbreath comments during a meeting, <laughs> I would roll. But specifically, Mitch and I during meetings would just whatever came to mind mitch and i are both really big fans of the office i was just supposed to do that and we would sit next to each other and just whatever came to mind in the context of whatever we were talking about in the meeting (laughs) we would just whisper back and forth lines from the office together (laughs) and mitch's timing and delivering is perfect and i would be rolling and i could feel other people in the meeting look at me and i'm like brooke get it together (laughs) (laughs) or if mitch didn't sit next to me in a meeting i would just text him yeah i would put my phone on the table and just text him lines and just watch and just like watch him pick up his phone and see my name on it and he would just cut his eyes at me and and i'd be like you know what to do it it is hilarious if you text someone in a meeting and you like watch them it's like and then you can like see on their face the moment that, that they like read it. <laughs> they read the punchline. Totally. Or, and they're yeah. trying to like hide the look <laughs> yeah. on their face, you know, which is the best part. It's like, oh, okay. They got it. They thought it was funny and they're trying to cover it up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. to double down on it too, during quarantine when everything you did was on Zoom. Yeah. You know what the best was? Was you, there's oh, a chat yeah. feature on Zoom. And if you're not careful, it'll go to the whole group. But you right. can privately like message people on Zoom. I used to do that on work <laughs> meetings all the time and I would just watch the screen, but I would get myself in trouble because I'm a terrible liar. And when I get tickled, I do not have a poker face. And yeah. so like I would watch, um, there's a couple of friends and when they listen to this, they'll know exactly that I'm talking about them. There's one friend in particular that we've all worked with and we would message each other on these meetings and and I would watch them watch my face on Zoom. And then we're both just, I, I would turn Gone. my screen off. I'm like, where'd Brooke go? <laughs> I'm like collecting myself. And then I'll turn my, I'm like, oh, sorry guys, glitch. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but Mitch and I, our friendship was really formed around um, exchanging, Scott. yeah, exchanging lines from the office during yeah, meetings. I love that. And the best part of that was that I could say any line and she would know the she would know the next line of that episode. <laughs> totally. So that was the best part is, and that's where comedy happens, right? Totally. Is you throw up, you throw yeah. it up and the yeah. other one slams it down. Just slams it. So great. Do Basketball y'all... is like jazz. 
I don't know the next line to that one. Damn it. I'm thinking, but I don't know it. <laughs> That's oh. kind of the end of the bit. That's in one of my favorite episodes, the basketball episode from season one. Yeah. And Michael Scott's doing a talking head. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, some sports like football are like rock. Bum, bum, bum. And he's like, but basketball is more like jazz. Do, do, do. And the camera pans away and it shows Michael Scott like dribbling and he gets down on his knee and just dribbles the ball around him yeah. and then like gets back up and he's like whistling and he's like showing all his moves. Yeah, he like pivots on his knee. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 100%. See, you knew. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's good. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. man. Do you, do you feel like there's been a show? Sorry, we're way off the rails, but I like it. This is great. Uh, do y'all feel like there's been a show? In recent memory, that's as quotable as The Office. Ooh, or is there a show that's come close? New Girl. New yeah. Girl has some episodes. Yeah, that's like yeah. the next generation mm-hmm. of like good quotable TV. It depends on who you ask. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, for, like for me, oh, I'm about to get on soapbox. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking of lines. <laughs> Mitch and I are about to go on a trip. Let's just play a game where you say a line and we just see how far we can yeah, take it. I, I guarantee that. we'll do a whole episode. Um. Parks and Rec is kind of that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it depends on who you ask. Like, I have a uh, I have a friend, um, Ann Merritt actually. Ann Merritt always says Parks and Rec is is more like bright and light mm-hmm. and good humor, but like The Office is just high school boy humor. Totally. Which totally explains why I like it so much <laughs> because I've been told several times that I have the sense of humor of a high school boy. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a fun time. <laughs> you are a fun time. No, but yes, New Girl is so quotable. Yes. But for whatever reason, The Office just sticks in my brain specifically. Oh, yeah. Like nothing, like nothing sticks like The Office. Totally. For some people, it's Seinfeld. Mm. Yeah. For like my brother's a big Seinfeld fan. Uh, but yeah, I think New Girl is like mm-hmm. the newest thing. Taylor and I are watching Modern Family right now. Dude, it's <laughs> hilarious. I, it is really funny. Die. I, Those first like four or five seasons, especially. Oh man, are unreal. Phil and Luke absolutely kill me. <laughs> the the dad and the son. Yeah, yeah. it just they're absolutely hilarious. Um, did y'all watch Ted Lasso? No, but I've I've only gotten to watch. I don't have Apple TV. Oh, okay, but I have um, a gracious friend has um. Because several people have been like, Brooke, you have to watch Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, people have texted me. of like, have you seen Ted Lasso? You remind me <laughs> of Ted Lasso. Or I think you'd really like it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I think that's a compliment. Um, so I've seen a couple episodes. And it is, I think, super quotable. Just from the couple episodes I've seen. I think so, too. It's also... So I'm, I'm very big. Like, one of my flaws, and there's many. But one of them is that if people get real stoked about something, I'm very slow to adopt it. Like, mm. yes, um, I'm that way. And so, totally. and so when quarantine hit and everyone's like, dude, Ted Lasso, greatest show on TV. It's like, that's exa- like, that, is it? That's an exaggeration. Like, no, like, <laughs> there's like no the way. office already right, exists. Totally. It's right. It's right. Sorry. And, and so then <laughs> someone, um, Actually, you know who convinced me to watch it is Savannah Olson, our, okay, inf- our, our in-house influencer. Our in-house Im- okay, that's oh. who has let me watch a couple episodes okay. with her. And so, Shout out. so I started watching it, and I watched like two episodes, and I was like, okay, I'm hooked. And now I think it's And if Sab incredible. skips behind something, you know it's trustworthy. Yeah, totally. So shout out to Sab. Yeah. Anyway, last question. Mm-hmm. As you know, this show is called Nowhere Close to Famous. Yep. However, if you could be famous for one thing, what would that be? Ooh, that's a great question. Thanks, man. Um, if I could be famous for one thing, this sounds like probably a lot of other guys and, and girls 
probably want this. I want to invent something. Oh, oh, I like that. I want to invent something. One of those things that like people look at it and like, I feel like an idiot for not thinking of that. Yes, totally. Yeah. I absolutely want to do something like it. Like from the office when he's like, <laughs> go ahead, please do it. Let's do it. Toilet net. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, toilet ideas are easy. <laughs> Horse boat. Horse boat. <laughs> you go from land to water faster right. with no break. <laughs> like toilet idea. I have a lot of toilet ideas. That's because they're easy. Oh, low blow. <laughs> oh, that's low. That feels um, no, but I would love to be. I would love to be famous for inventing something. Yeah, and not just like, um, not some like off the wall thing. Something like people use every day right one of my ideas and taylor taylor has gotten behind this one. Oh, dude that's oh. huge yes that's the first step and i don't even know if i want to say this on the mic because it might sure if you want to i think it's copyrighted it. if you i mean the beauty of it saying it right now is that it's dated deal yeah let's say today's date just yeah. for kicks and giggles it's uh september 27th 2021 okay put this on record it's on the record. Mitchell I, Travis thought of this. And I think, and I'm sure other people have, but nobody's pulled the trigger on it. Okay. It's not on the market. Okay. Double-lidded peanut butter jar. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> Wait. Okay, first of all, how would that work? And second of all, what purpose does that serve? Think, okay. Think. Golden ticket. Go here with me. Okay. Golden ticket idea. <laughs> Golden ticket idea. Post-its. Extraordinary. <laughs> It's actually based on a book called Charlie the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, double we're gonna be peanut butter jar. Double lidded peanut butter jar. Okay, go here with me. Okay. You're almost to the end of the peanut butter. Of the peanut butter. Or you're at you're at the at the bottom of the jar, right? Totally. What happens when you put your knife or spoon into the jar? You get you get peanut butter on your hand. And you're on your knuckles, and it's yep. hard to get off. <laughs> yeah. And then you smell like peanut butter. And then you smell like peanut the butter. The rest of the day. And, and then you put it under the water, and it just doesn't wash off, it right? Does. Peanut butter sticks. It does. Solution. Okay. Lid on the bottom side. So you flip it, and then it's at the top. Tell me I'm a genius. Genius. <laughs> you're a genius. You flip it over. You get to the Boom. bottom, no, no honestly, peanut butter bitch, on your knuckles. Honestly, I will invest in that. That's right. I will give you cash money. I have. <laughs> my parents were just in town. I have cash right now. <laughs> let's let's go. Deal, deal. So this is an investment opportunity. <laughs> if you would like to reach out, it's not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's not a pyramid scheme, but for thirty nine dollars, <laughs> I recruit a friend, and then he recruits friends. <laughs> so that's. That that would be that what I would love to genius. be. Genius. Yeah. So you, I bet you can patent that. I think I probably could. Yeah. But it's like, or I could sell that idea to Jif. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know how all that stuff works, Me but neither. I'm pretty sure that if you patent it, and there's probably gonna be someone out there that's like, "You're an idiot." Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think if you patent it, then you could sell that. Then like all the peanut butter manufacturers would have to essentially pay you to. Use that totally. You would be a billionaire. Well, it's like here's the here's something insane, right? <clears throat> My dad, he built this house or this big ranch for this one of his customers, um, and the guy owns this company. And like when you go to Whataburger or mm -hmm. just like some fast food restaurant, and if you get a burger and it has like no onion, 
mm-hmm. no no pickle, jalapenos, whatever. Yeah. Those stickers he invented. He invented You told me this. He's he, just the dude that thought, oh, we can just put a label on it. Label. It's a it's a label. It's a labeling business. So he, he invented like the adhesive and the sticker to like label foods with what they are and, and then and then it like transformed into this huge business. I don't even know what all he does now. It's like food saving stuff. So like you know, restaurants who like save food for like two or three days or whatever, they print these labels and that's his company. Multi billionaire. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Right. Just for stickers. Just for in a few a years sticker. when we introduce people to you, it's gonna be like, Oh, this is my friend Mitchell, the peanut butter double jar logo. <laughs> <laughs> When you say it like that, it's like, oh, I don't know. And like all your party favors, anytime you host an event, is double-lidded peanut butter jars, and you just hand it to someone upside down. And the jar, oh, the jars could be different colors. Oh, yes. And you could say like, you could do the whole left Twix, right Twix thing. It's like top or bottom. So Christmas time, red and green. Red and green. Uh, the ideas keep rolling. Yeah, marketing. I got a marketing plan. <laughs> I am investing in yeah, this I'll so much. Yeah. I'm going to buy so much stock. You have to start this now. That's right. I'm invested mentally, emotionally. So I think, Not monetarily, yeah. but that's coming, I promise. Deal, deal. Totally. Those types of ideas, though, really are like pretty amazing when you see someone actually do it. Like I officiated <laughs> a wedding at this person's house um, one time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like the, they're like, wedding's at this house. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I show up. I'm like, Oh no, no no! Like this isn't like a house. This is, this is like a house. A house. Yeah, and totally. The word you're looking for is estate. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and it was, exactly. uh, yeah. and it was their like second home. It was like, oh yeah, this is like their were like, they summer? Right, totally. Yeah. And uh, were they summer? And I asked, I asked somebody there. I was like, hey, like, what is what does this guy do? And he said he invented uh, the technology for burner phones. He like created burner phones. Whoa! So he's a secret agent. You can't tell me it's not. Or just a mass criminal. Well, he's well, he he has enabled a lot of criminal activity to happen. Jason yeah. Bourne would have gotten caught in the first movie if it were not for burner phones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which what a contribution to society. Amen. One, right. Yeah. Totally. But he yeah apparently he's a billionaire because he you know every com- company has to use yeah his stuff right. That's crazy. Anyway. But it's like stuff like that. It's like, uh, duh. Someone has to think of that. And one of these days, the point of all of this, mm-hmm. one of these days, <clears throat> some kid is going to be eating his peanut butter and I'm like, ah, we're to the, we're to the bottom. He's going to flip, flip it over, over, pull it out and be like, oh, that was so much easier. And the bottom of the list is going to say, brought to you by Mitchell Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, I wonder who Mitchell Travis oh, is. Oh, Matthew McConaughey can do your commercials. Jeff. You ever get to the bottom of your <laughs> No more dirty knuckles. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Don't put that in. <laughs> you ever just get to the bottom of your peanut butter and you're like, uh. <laughs> flip it over. <laughs> you ever flip over a peanut butter jar and unscrew it? <laughs> Try this one. The, the ideas are getting worse. We're they are getting worse. I love uh, it. But Matthew McConaughey could be your spokesperson. He could be. And then Josh Turner could sing your your jingle. Or jingle for the, yeah. I would love that. Or I feel like Mitchell could do all of that. That's also true. To he get could it off the ground. A, he could do a, a poor man's McConaughey and then do a poor man's Josh That's Turner right. to sing the theme song. That's right. Exactly. I would love that. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. No charge. Yeah. There you go. 
<laughs> um, dude, I had fun tonight. I did too. I don't know if you had fun. I, I, I had a blast. I honestly walked in. I was like, I told Taylor before. I was like, I have no idea what they're going to ask me. Cause like, I'm not that interesting of a guy. But That's I just, a lie from I just, the pit of hell itself. <laughs> yeah, I just you invented double-lidded peanut butter jars <laughs> coming soon <laughs> yeah. to a Kroger's near you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's I love that. Uh, well, dude, thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I felt very honored when yeah. when you asked me. So, well, thank we you felt for honored that you would say yes. So. Yeah. I'm glad we got to hang. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for letting me crash y'all's lunch date. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation with Mitchell Travis. And if you did, we have many more coming your way just like it. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And another fun way to keep up with us is to follow us on Instagram. And you can find us at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. As always, thanks for tuning in. Stay ordinary.